Welcome to The Uplift, where we are uplifting our lives, uplifting each other, and uplifting our communities together. Thank you for joining myself, Sai Herrera, and Tessa Savala here, two women, two attorneys, doing it our way, and inviting you here each week to share in on the stories, advice, and life lessons we've picked up along our journeys that keep us uplifted, and that will hopefully do the very same thing for you. Now buckle in and let's get ready to be uplifted. Hello, everyone. As always, I am Tessa, and I am joined by the amazing and adorable and lovely and kind and generous Sai. Oh, that's so sweet, Tessa. Hello. (laughs) I'm so excited to be here with you as always, and you're just one of my favorite people in the world. I love you so much. I love you so much. We have been talking a lot about how crazy life is. How do we keep up with our schedules? Are we overscheduling ourselves? But the biggest point, how do we balance that with self-care and wellness when you're trying to be ambitious and you're trying to achieve these goals because that's what you truly want, but you can't just run your tank dry all the time, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you Mm -hmm. survive and how do you I'm not even survived. That sounds awful, right? Like, mm-hmm. that is a puritanical. Why is the goal to survive? Yes. Yes, right? Like, it's like, oh, you have earned the weekend. <laughs> no. <laughs> Rest is not something that is earned. It's something that is needed. Yes. So how do we figure out self-care? Because I feel like all these people and sources are, like, throwing all these, like, this is what you do. And here's steps A through Z. And you will fit this into your schedule. It's like, well, that's more hours than are in an actual day. So how does that work? <laughs> and also, Truly. like, are there rules? I mean, there's like so much to like right. get here because it's like we need it and we know we need to do it. But how do we fit it in? And what is it? Yeah, oh, exactly. <laughs> what is it? And is it the same for everyone? Because I don't know that it is. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I guess not. I, I would doubt it. Um, but there are some things that are common across the board. And, and for me, I mean, the, the survival thing is interesting the way it came up because, you know, at, at times I think it does come up in those ways of like, are we eating? <laughs> are we sleeping? <laughs> are we doing the things that our body necessitates to continue on, right? And um, it's kind of interesting because self-care you know, it, it almost it almost is framed in that way. I mean, I, I remember when we were talking about this in terms of the pandemic, and it was like, I, I think it was just like, oh, you need to take care of yourself so you can continue working. Like, not because you deserve it or because, it's, you know, <laughs> we're, we care about you, but like, we're worried about our bottom line. Like, we can't have you dropping dead, please. Thank you. That is um, a very so... <laughs> kind of yes. craziness. Exactly. But I mean, at the same time, like a lot of the self-care discussion really translated into that almost Mm -hmm. where it was. I mean, I guess the question is, like, does it matter why we're doing it? And I think our answer early into this conversation is yes. You know, like, you know, if your why is just so you can be a more productive worker, um, you're going to get a different strategy. Yeah. Than if your if your why is something about you know the fact that you are worthy as a as a human being um, to have joy in your life to have wellness in your life to have purpose in your life outside outside of your job 
for example, right? Like these are, these are actual philosophical principles that are underlining this conversation that don't necessarily always get brought to the fore. It's, it's usually just like, oh, you should be doing this on top of, you know, working and, 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 you know, maintaining all these schedules and uh, maybe, you know, caring for other people in your family and, ensuring their successes, whatever that means. Um, you should also be doing these all things. all your relationships, yeah. Yes, yes. And it's also like, oh, here's some more things to add to your list. Don't forget to do that, you know? <laughs> it's just like, bitch. <laughs> I don't need more things on the list, you know? No. It's just kind of, it's just kind of, it just kind of makes me laugh because I'm like, is that really self-care to burden people with more things to do, you know, that they should be doing to shame them into things that, oh, you're not doing that. You're not, you're not doing self-care. Like that's also, you're bad. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Like, you're bad. You have failed if you don't do all mm-hmm. these like, self-care mm-hmm. kind of things. Yeah. Wow. And where all those pressures come from so many interesting places. So I always like to stop and, you know, reflect on, this is such a special time to like reflect on where these forces are pushing from, where are they pulling from, like where are they coming from? Um, because we feel them and we are reacting to them in one way mm-hmm. or another, but we don't always think about like if we even want to be reacting to them um, or if we should be creating our, our own, you know, forces that come from within. And so I think that's the first thing is like, why are we talking about self-care? What does it really mean? Like, what is our why behind even wanting self-care? And for me, I think the thing that has to be said out loud is like, we all deserve to, to fill our cup. We all deserve to feel joy. We all deserve to feel rested. We all deserve healing. You know, we all deserve, you know, purpose, if that's what you seek. Like, all of those things are inherently, you are inherently worthy of them, period you don't have to earn those things in my mind. In my mind, those are things that, that all humans should enjoy. Um, it's a matter of like, how do we get there? And how do we, I guess, set ourselves up to, to have those things despite all of our other obligations is really the way that I'm reframing it in my mind. And I wonder, does that also take a reexamination of what is currently filling our time right like Mm. are those obligations that we have there to take stock yeah yeah are they more valuable than spending time Mm. on self-care and I think for a lot of us especially women we will empty our cup so far for other people and not for ourselves yeah yes yes and I mean there's a lot of reasons like we always talk about why we're so quick to do that right it's it's not Mm -hmm. an accident (laughs) it's something that you know, has structurally been um, been pushed and, and really strategically implemented um, so that we that we are socialized to, to do that, right? I mean, from a very young age, maybe from birth even. <laughs> um, and so now, you know, re-examining things is really the first important step because how can we undo our programming if, if we don't even know that we have programming, right? And this whole self-care, you know, topic, um, I don't even, I I feel like hopefully we'll find other words for it because for me, like when I think about self-care, I I also, honestly, I get a little anxious. (laughs) Like I can feel it a little bit because I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm, I already feel like I'm failing. I already feel like I should be doing more or like I haven't figured it out. 
you know, and it makes me feel a little um, like sad, like, oh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't exactly know how to do that or do it well or do it regularly. Um, and so, and I'm, I'm sure there's just, I share that because I know there's so many people, you know, having the same struggle and the struggle has been one, I, I mean, it, for all time, I'm sure, but, you know, in our short, you know, lifetime um, and our recent incidences, I feel like COVID has obviously like really kind of turned everything on its head for what we knew, right? It was, I mean, I don't know if life was better or worse before COVID um, besides all of the ways that it's worse. <laughs> but, um, you know, we, when COVID, when COVID hit and everyone was isolated, um, there was a time when people had to like think about self-care in a different way where it was kind of mm -hmm. just like, oh, like literally your health is going to decline unless you find ways to cope with this thing you know and so that's kind of interesting that people were kind of you know like confronted with it in such a stark way in such a universal way too um and, and now the mm -hmm. truth existed before too right like right your health right exactly was going to decline without doing a pre-covid yes. as well mm -hmm. yeah but i mean i think the universality of covid just like gave us the like I don't know permission kind of like almost like a yeah permission like platform like the shared lived experience that like oh everyone has to think about this now and so <laughs> we have to talk about it you know and yeah. so I, th I think there was some of that but not enough obviously um you know obviously we've had so many crises that have come out on top of the the, the actual crisis of the virus but um now uh, uh as we've talked about before things have been changing you know people's expectations have changed and also I feel like the conversation around self-care has really changed because back then it was this idea of like oh everybody needs this let's try to come up with all the things um but like mm -hmm. I said as soon as it was like oh guess what we're all going back to work <laughs> the expectations like there was that struggle right between like the the old school and the new school way of thinking and like how we need to get back in the office or not um all of that kind of shifted the conversation to where it was like, oh, I, I feel like it was maybe about being productive versus like actually taking care of yourself. Um, <sighs> and just taking care of yourself, even that word, it just is, or that phrase is interesting to me because I don't know that anyone can take care of, like, I guess you can take care of yourself, but I just find it interesting that like in our individualistic mindset that that's that's our go-to <laughs> it's like you take care of yourself you take care of yourself which of course there's a place and there's a priority for that obviously people have to do their own work to a certain extent but I never want to forget that like we are also social animals we are part of this larger society like the way that we set up our environment also influences our being able to take care of ourselves and take care of one another and so mm -hmm. it's not an uncomplex issue it's very, you know, intertwined, interlinked, um, and it's 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 not uncomplicated. Uh, so whenever we think about self care, I think the other thing that is a little problematic for me is that it's almost like a hyper focus on the individual and their responsibility. You know, it's your responsibility to get your shit together. <laughs> so that, and I mean, I like I said, I think that there is a place. Like I do think that people have a certain responsibility. But at the end of the day, there's also, I, I like, just for an example, for me, I feel like 
if you think about circumstances in society around like food, for example, just one little example for me, that's easy. Um, if you're working all the time, if you, if you're tired all the time, if you're exhausted and you have to eat, um, mm -hmm. you know, your environment kind of shapes some of those choices on what you're going to do. It's just human psychology, mm -hmm. you know? And that's, and that's, that's where I say like we, the conversation always stops there. It's not that it shouldn't go there. Of course it should. We should all think about our, the way that we can, you know, do our own work and the way that we can have positive influence on our own wellness and, and everyone should do their part so that we can come together collectively. I always say the best thing to bring to any relationship is a whole healed person. Like that's Absolutely. the best thing in my mind. So I'm not saying not that. I'm just saying it's interesting how like self-care is about the individual and it never expands beyond that. You know, we never talk about it in terms of like, how do we set up healthy work environments? How do we set up healthy familial <laughs> relationships? Yeah. Yeah. No, so it is hilarious mm -hmm. because it's not it's yeah. not a thing. It's not a thing that even crosses our, you know, it's not in the zeitgeist really. It's just it's you as an individual. What are you going to do? And if you're not doing it, you're failing. You know, and so I, I find that interesting. I would like to think that some parts of our society and community have started to prioritize it more, especially with mm -hmm. Gen Z, right? And employers, like they've realized, oh, maybe we need to be decent towards our employees if we want to, yeah. you know, have some. Uh -huh. But that was probably like a forced economic choice. Right. And I don't know if I really care why they got there, just as long no. as they got there. Well, the only thing that worries me is like, are they going to stay there? <laughs> you yeah. know, if their if their why is just financial, and then the financial or economic winds change, then you know you could lose all those gains. It's just like the history of the unions. It's like you yeah. know when they were organ well organized and powerful enough, they were able to force change. They were able to force benefits. They were able to really, I mean, they had to demand and force and um, fight so hard and sacrifice so much to make it happen. And as soon as they were able to dismantle the power of unions a lot of that went away, you know, it, it was, and the why did matter in that regard. And so I'm, I'm with you, like by any means, I would love to have all the things, but also, yeah. um, you know, it, the, the why can determine how it's going to play out in the future too. So that worries me. Uh, but I, but I do wish that we would think about just like healthy, everything, like healthy individuals, healthy, you know, relationships, healthy work environments, healthy society, like, I wish that yeah. people would think about this as interconnected and interdependent. I completely agree. I think that coming from a Scandinavian country where it is now very much a culture of how do you become the best individual, but overarching that is how are you the best individual to better society, right? Like, there's this inherent utilitarian mm -hmm, mm -hmm. mindset which is missing in the United States right mm -hmm. which you know different history the United States is very much about self-determination and all that type of thing which is is great it's just different and I don't know that it how do we as a country then switch to that utilitarian mm -hmm. mindset so that we all work toward how oh, oh, that sounds so Henry Ford <laughs> how, do we, how do we all support a better society by being mm -hmm. wholer individuals? 
Yes, yes, yes. And That's making so that a priority. Well, yeah. I mean, the mindset, it's always the mindset first, just like we always talk about it's it's mindset first. And that's what's interesting is that in this, you know, in the society currently, of course, we all have like a diverse, you know, uh, array of, of philosophies and, and, and perspectives in this very complex country. We're not a monolith, obviously, but the overarching mainstream, you know, and, and historical stance has been one of, of individualism. And I mean, it's, it's even, you know, gone through phases of like, you know, greed is good type of thing. Um, <laughs> all of those kind of oh, philosophical my word, yes. I mean, we've gone mm-hmm. through our phases, we've gone through our eras, right? And I hope that we're, like you said, I, th- I see little inklings of, of a change um, in that mindset, but I, I, I do think it is mindset first because everything yeah. follows from that mindset, right? And so that's why your, you know, your philosophies individually are so important and knowing what your philosophies are, are really important because if you don't know, people are going to tell you or people are just going to determine what it is for the country, you know, and policies and all kinds of other things fall out of that, especially when there's an, like, you know, some kind of collective, like, oh yeah, well, we agree. This is who we are. This is what we do. Right. <laughs> like it's pervasive. It becomes, it almost like it multiplies, right. Where people are like, yeah, well this, and so that we'll do this policy and then that it reinforces it. And then it goes on and on and on. Right. So I, I do think it's, it's, it really is mindset in, in a way. And it's just so interesting that a mindset can can really change. It could change our lives <laughs> if we really found a way, you know, to convince more people or or to bring more people along um, to this new mindset. I mean, the first thing too, though, is that you know, do we even know the difference between unhealthy and unhealthy relationships? It's it's kind of interesting for me, but it always kind of comes back to that where we don't really we don't really know what that is. We don't really know what that looks like. All we know is, you know, goals and hitting those goals type of thing. Like, we're just... It's so funny you say that because I was just thinking about how the media tells us Mm -hmm. what self-care is. And it is so, like, Mm. regimented or it is so... Mm -hmm. Goals. I'm Um, telling you, daily goals, weekly goals, monthly goals for your self-care. It's just another list. I can't. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I can't have another right. list. It's just funny. It, it sets you up for almost. It sets you up for failure, which mm-hmm. I guess breeds something else. And is this just like consumerism? Because I'm starting mm-hmm. to feel like it, the more we talk, that mm-hmm. the self care industry is industry. very much yes. driven by consumerism. I mean, I think about yes. that. Yes. I mean, I don't want to mention that brand name but several years ago there was a candle that was scented to replicate the vagina and I'm not Mm -hmm. going to give credit to the name but that was part of an industry of you know self-care and awareness and I appreciate that that is their goal but I also appreciate that that has for me served as like the pinnacle of consumerism and self-care yep Yep. Yep. And then you can talk all about like access. And again, it's about like, who's worthy of it? People who have money? Like, it's just so wild to think like, okay, well, you don't make enough money. So you don't deserve to feel well. Like, that's just, I mean, and we're not even talking about our healthcare system, for God's sake. Like, (laughs) 
<laughs> that yeah. literally monetizes life in these ways and wellness and 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 quality of life like truly truly but we are talking like that way. our health because yes. what is it 80 percent of our health is determined by these type of things absolutely i, I mean thinking it's social. about your example mm-hmm. of food is just like and I am mm-hmm. the first one to say that I fully support the notion of subsidizing the small American farmer so that food prices are more accessible for everybody. Yeah. But yeah, that is that is me yeah. and my choice. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly and there's, with... there's there's so much to that. I mean that system, yeah. like and, and every system that we just mentioned, you could call it like some kind of in industrialized you know complex system of of capitalism Mm -hmm. you know like every every part of our wellness has actually been monetized if you think about it well I I shouldn't say every part well I'm going back and forth because it has but it doesn't necessarily mean that we have to buy into it right Right. (laughs) so like mindfulness and meditation and all of that absolutely it's been monetized you know food obviously healthcare, obviously like all of these different parts that are so much to do with 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 our wellness they've been monetized and they've been and and when things are monetized in this way you set up systems of access you set up yep. inequitable systems of access and that's what's happening where some people have it and if you think about it i mean i just think it's it's you know highly unfair sometimes when you really think about like what do celebrities have they have the trainers they mm-hmm. have the health coaches, they have the, you know, mm-hmm. cooks, they have the food, they have the best food in the world, they have the nutritional diet, like they have all of that for their health care. And not, not to not to uh, mention the best health care in the world, obviously. <laughs> I'm not gonna but, go with like the best health choices because I'm thinking most of them are smoking like 30 cigarettes a day, but that's me. <laughs> well that's that but I mean they have the choices. They have the oh, yeah. access, and right? Access. And that's yeah. that's the mm-hmm. difference. And I mean even then I've I've heard some horror stories about the discrimination and racism that happens even to celebrities. It's really wild. But I was in a talk um at a conference, uh, an HIV conference, and they were talking about um, how all of these celebrity women had actually had actually like suffered from basically medical racism. I mean, they were ignored, like their pain was ignored, you know, their their concerns were ignored. And I mean, I'm talking about like the biggest A-list celebrities you can think of. Like I think Beyonce was on the list. And you know, they were ignored by their doctors still. And and it's just like, if these women (laughs) who are billionaires, you know, or whatever, I mean, they're the wealthiest, most well-known women in the freaking country are not being cared for in the healthcare system. Like, good God, you know, what hope do we have? But beyond that, I mean, that's just in the the healthcare system. That's not even talking about, you know, just, just, just wellness overall and all of that other 80% of the social wellness that goes into our actual, you know, our actual health and wellness. Um, so all of that, I mean, all of that, it's almost like we're just on our own. And um, it, it is related to, to housing and food and all of these basic, you know, social needs. And at the end of the day, that's why I'm saying, when we talk about self-care, it's such a complex issue because if we can only talk about it in terms of our access to start you know, to yeah. the different opportunities we have in self and self. And I don't even want to call it self-care. I want to call it like our social wellness, our social wellness and our health, our mental health, our emotional health, our physical health, all of that leads up to our full wellness, right? It's very complex 
it's all of the things that make us up. Like you said, 80% of it is social. That means all of those things that are not medical. Maybe 20% of it is medical. And even that is a social issue because access to healthcare and medical care is a social issue. So if you really think about it, you know, all of it is very, very intertwined with society. And so I, this is why one of these are one of the topics I think that we can never even, you know, we can scratch the surface, we can, we can control what we can control in our own, you know, sphere in our own, in our own lives. But it's almost like we have to figure out the best strategies for us to get the most wellness um, wherever we sit in life, but you know, it's going to be different for everyone. And until we fix the underlying societal issues, um, it's just a matter of like, how, how well can we do in this environment, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But every, I guess we all need some tools to help us mm-hmm. with self-care, mm-hmm. whether or not we're the, you know, the woman working three jobs who is a single mom and, her only option for a moment of self-care is the, you know, 20 minutes on the bus to her next job. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's going to look different for everybody. And exactly. what kind of tools help the mom, the single mom on the bus and what kind of tools help the, you know, ambitious professional who may or may not just need to do better scheduling of their life to, access okay or prioritize maybe that's it maybe it's everybody taking stock on when can I when is the best time for me to find time for self-care but I don't even say find make time for self-care right like yes because I think it can overlap like is it during your commute and you're Mm -hmm. and you're indulging in I don't know an audiobook or meditation or with just listening to music could be your self-care. Yes. Yes. And I think even before that, again, the very first step is really knowing that you're worthy of it. Like truly knowing that. Yeah. Like if you don't know that you're worthy, like that's, you're never going to do it. You're never going to find your way of doing it. You're never even going to get to the step where you think about how to do it the the why you're doing it is the first thing and the why has to be that you know that you're worthy that you deserve this that it that everyone deserves this that it's right that it's good right because if people are telling you I mean why do we not do it right now we're not doing it right now because everyone is telling us not to they're not telling us you're not worthy but they are by saying we need, we need all your time. We need you to do this. We need you to do that, you know, or making an internalized, you know, pressure for yourself. But I mean, that still comes from the outside in, but now you're telling yourself, I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to do this, you know, for everyone else. Um, You have to find that understanding within yourself that you are worthy of this, whatever this looks like, whatever it looks like, whatever it is. uh, First, you have to, you have to come to that place where you know that you're worthy and that you yeah. know it's a good thing to do for yourself and that others brings up very interesting for me and in that I have so my mom is a person who does not want to spend money on herself like has mm-hmm. this like martyrdom kind of mentality mm. and her sister my aunt Inga Lil was a woman who left Sweden 
as a teenager because she didn't like the societal pressures of being the oldest sister in with five younger brothers. Mm. And so she was like, I'm out. I'm going to do something for, for me and I'm going to go to the United States as a teenager. Like, it doesn't even enter my mind that as a 15-year-old you'd want to, like, leave your country. But for her, <laughs> she, knew she needed to do this, and she did it. And it continued throughout her life, and I didn't realize that it was self-care. It was the time that I, when I was spending time with her because she was the person who was, like, afternoon naps. Like, if I was her, with her on her farm with her horses, you know, at 3 o'clock, it was nap time. And I'm like, huh I didn't really know what to make of it as a I'm teenager. I'm just like <laughs> that is my goal right now afternoon naps is like <laughs> such a life goal <laughs> I but love she was it. so good about it she was good about afternoon love naps it. and she was also good about like in the morning after she cleaned the stall she's like I'm putting my face on and it wasn't because she wanted mm. to impress other people it was for her she wanted to take care of her skin and she wanted to look her best for her and it didn't mm. matter if she left her farm or not. She was, you know, maybe it was only the horses that would see her that day. But <laughs> for her, that was important. I'm like, now looking back on it, I'm like, wow, those are two extreme examples. One family, right? My mom, who, mm. like, would not spend any money for herself. And my aunt, her older sister, who was like, I'm stopping the day, and we're having nap time. And I'm stopping the day in the morning, and I'm putting on my makeup and my skincare because that's important to me. I was like, two different mindsets and now as I get older I realize that I learned a lot from my aunt Lil because I am very pro nap time and it doesn't matter what the day is I am taking care of my skin and putting on some makeup because that is for me and not for anybody else but I, love I, had, to, I, I had to like get to that point right like it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't something that came naturally it from a household where the woman in the house would not spend any money on herself. I learned it as myself for myself as an adult later. Yeah. And, and how did you get there? Like, how did you make the leap? I think it was because during, when I was in law school, when I needed a break from law school, I would drive to my aunt and uncles and spend the weekend with them. And it was Mm. just slowly the reminder of it. And Mm. also having friends who, were probably more into like self-care and well what some people view as self-care like manicures and pedicures and facials and all that and realizing that it was okay even though I'm not a person to like go get my nails done and I'm still that person who does their nails herself but being surrounded by people who are giving you the example that it's okay to spend time on yourself and it's mm-hmm. okay to pay attention to your wellness in these ways I think that helped like it, representation matters I guess that's what it boils down to representation matters yeah absolutely and that exposure is everything because it challenges your mindset you might not even yeah. I, I, I it's almost like that cognitive dissonance you're like oh I noticed something is strange here <laughs> there's a difference between this and what I'm thinking and then it draws your attention to it and that's one of the biggest and hardest things you know that people you know I think struggle towards is that 
you don't know what you don't know until you do. Um, and then when you do, it's the choices you make after that of like, what are you going to do with this new information, with this new exposure, with this new example? And, and, and people compare themselves all the time. Um, but a lot of times I think the messaging is just so strong and so deep and so complex that, you know, psychologically it's easy to kind of have a bias towards what we know, the familiarity and to reject everything else actually, right? Like that's the usual of like, this is me, this is good, that is weird and different. And I don't know why you do that. (laughs) And so, you know, but it goes so deep. I think that we have to like recognize how deep it goes. Um, I learned a new term at that same conference actually called uh, Marianismo, which is, um, I guess, interestingly, like somewhat like, you know, like, I guess off the like kind of related to the play of uh, machismo right like people are more familiar with the term machismo and what that means in latinx cultures um of like a man who is you know dominant and um who is you know a lot of things like the provider and just all the manly stereotypes that we can think of right um and marianismo (laughs) yeah those, those things and marianismo is really interesting because i mean i'm just starting to learn about it but it's this um it's this understanding that there's a long history that dates back you know pre-colonization but that colonization brought it um to latinx cultures now that exist um with the spanish arrivals and and basically it's it's the understanding that you know women are have been since since way back then right have been really this idea has been pushed on them that they should be like the virgin mary and the virgin mary was really like you know was really characterized by being pure and being virginal, being loving, um, but also really like dedicating their lives and sacrificing their lives to another cause, to other people, even at, you know, to their own expense. Um, And so it's kind of interesting now that I think about it because it means like all of these things that people don't say out loud, but that you know people are pushing you to be, especially as a Latina, you know, it, it make it just like makes so much sense to me now where I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, and I know that this per- is pervasive throughout other cultures as well, but it's just interesting to like hear people talk about it in the sense of like where it comes from. It helps open my eyes a little bit more to like where this all, like maybe not, maybe it started there, maybe it didn't, but for me it's helpful because, you know, I'm, I'm really examining, like examining for myself, like, the way that I think, the way that I've, you know, been programmed to think, um, if I know where it's coming from, I can decipher whether or not I think that's good or bad and whether or not I want to keep that or consciously, you know, start to maybe divorce myself from, from those thoughts or, or those ways of thinking. That is and, such a yeah. fascinating word and mm-hmm. culturally just like, and maybe it's beyond cultures as you point out, maybe it's... Mm-hmm religion-based or what have you, but wow, that is so powerful. Yeah, I think so. And it's, yeah, it just, it just reminds me because we've done this over and over again, but it reminds me that like really reflecting on and challenging, you know, our current mindset, like that Mm -hmm. is where growth is. That is where it really lives. That's where you find out who you really are, because if you're operating from somebody else's playbook, that's not really you (laughs) that's not it's not really you it's just you doing what you think you're supposed to do right and until you say 
this is who I am. And then you look at that playbook and you decide for yourself, like, this is what I would do. I would do the same thing or I would do something different. And then you choose to actually do whatever you think is best. Then, then that's you. Right. But like, if we're just operating from our programming, then, I mean, we're literally being taught in this case to be subordinate, to be the good wife, to be the good mother, right. To be humble, to not speak your opinion, like, to be so devout in a way that might be detrimental to yourself and to your wellness again. And so it's another layer of like, why do we not know? Just like your, I think it, you said your aunt, like, mm -hmm. why do we not inherently know that we should be taking care of ourselves? Why do we, and, and even if we know it, like, why are we not doing it? What, what, you know, what is going on? <laughs> because again, I think it all is mindset. Um, and it's obviously circumstance, right? But what is going on in our mindset and our, our flowing or our following circumstances or environments, right? That, that have been created around us. Like what is going on there? Where is that originating from? Why is it the way that it is? And if I think about it that way, it starts to move me a little bit. It really does because I've been thinking about, or not even thinking about, but I've been experiencing like so many people, I'm sure just this inertia of like, this is what I have to do next. And this is what I have to do now. And I mean, I don't even, you know, I just, again, like we've said this before of like reflecting is a big deal. Giving yourself a few minutes a day just to like think just to, or, or even to let your mind kind of wander and not be constantly pulled forth back and forth, back and forth. But, you know, just that is an important practice that, I'm frankly, and I'm very, like, honestly, I've, I've been failing at doing like, again, and there's that language, right, of failure and success. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, the truth is, is that I'm not making time for those things, because I feel the forces of like, this has to happen, this has to happen, this has happened. And you know what I've really realized, too, just in the last week, is that most of those things that I think have to happen by a certain date, They've just, they've, they've mostly been completely superimposed by myself, like truly. And like, I did not even so know true. that. It's just so mm -hmm. silly, but like hilarious because I'm like, I'm like, people are challenging me like, okay, well, this has to happen by January 1st. And I'm like, yeah. And then they're like, okay, does this have to happen by January 1st? And I'm like, yes. And then I really started looking at things and I'm like, oh, I mean, no, <laughs> technically it doesn't have to happen by that date, <laughs> but in my mind, I thought that was a good date for it to happen, mm -hmm. you know, and because for some reason I had this arbitrary, you know, just like wanting everything to like start on this day mm -hmm. that would feel good, you know, just, I mean, it's just, it's just made up. It's totally. literally just made up. And it's just like, makes me question the whole thing of like, why am I killing myself? Literally like this is not healthy to kill yourself, to do something that is self-imposed. And what's really hilarious if you think about it philosophically is like, it's all self-imposed. Like it's, it's, you know, all of it is by people. <laughs> so like oh, yeah. all of the deadlines that we create, all of the things that we say have to be done, like that's all imposed by us, by people, by us as individuals or other people around us. So, I mean, it's just, it cracks me up because I'm like, we're literally doing this to ourselves and there's not necessarily mm -hmm. exactly a reason. <laughs> <laughs> just, 
<laughs> we you just know, think it would be good. <laughs> we do. And then we beat ourselves up. When and we then we beat ourselves up. Exactly. <laughs> These things that we made up for ourselves. Yes, yep. exactly. Why are we doing I mean, it feels very sadomasochistic, sadomasochistic in a way where I'm like, why are we setting ourselves up for this? And so I think that's another part of it. I obviously don't have all the answers or... Um, we would be set uh but (laughs) but I'm trying to literally work my way through it because um you know if if we don't stop and think about this question um again first of all we don't know that we're worthy right like we don't even think about it as a priority and then we don't think about how to do it and we don't think about the systems that exist and how we could actually change them for the betterment of our health and wellness and the people around us frankly because if we're all holding ourselves to something that doesn't even need to happen, <sighs> we're doing it to everyone around us too. And it's just, it's, you know, at the end of the day, we really need to, we need to decide where does it make sense to draw the line? How can we, how can we prioritize everyone's health and wellness over, you know, kind of these superficial deadlines, these superficial goalposts, you know, and, and those goalposts always move, don't they? Like once you get to that one. Oh, yeah. There's the next one, right? And and I'm not saying that we shouldn't be ambitious. Look, this is why I'm here. <laughs> I'm 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 thinking that, you know, ambition has turned into an endless chase mm-hmm. for fulfillment mm-hmm. that at a deeper level I just think we're not going to find it there. You know, I that's just that's yeah. just where I am today where I'm like, you know, I love my work actually I'm so excited about it and I think that's why I get caught up in it because frankly I mean there's some psychology going on there where it's like it feels good feels good to accomplish things it feels good to get farther it feels good to get stuff done feels great actually I love it and we shouldn't have to apologize for being (laughs) ambitious or overachievers especially if that's truly who we are and that's what we'd like to do yeah, and even overachievement cracks me up because, like, I've every people have called me an overachiever for a long time, and I'm like, is this a bad thing? Like, I, I just find it funny. It like, not. did anyone did anyone call Albert Einstein an overachiever? Or of not that I'm comparing not. myself, but I'm like the most accomplished people in the world. People don't look at them and be like, oh, well, you're an overachiever. <laughs> like, they just they say, wow, look at what you were able to do, you know, and that's it. And so I find it that's funny so in that way. That- that you have taken on this kind of like negative connotation from outside mm-hmm. forces for overachieving. I know. Whereas I'm like, yep, I'm an overachiever. Signing up for overachiever nonsense. <laughs> I am fully aware that I am and I love it. I love that you love it. Me. I need to be there. I need to get there. But I'm not there because I think when people use it for like, I think when people have said it about me, it's always like in relation to other people. You know, like if you're overachieving, then it's like there's a certain level of expectation of achievement and you're overachieving. And don't get me wrong. Like, I think people are using it to to try to compliment me. I don't even think that they they mean it in a negative way. (laughs) That's just my stuff. Like, I'm taking it as like, oh, you know like I'm just doing too much kind of thing but um yeah you're right it's it's all about how you see things too um and I think at the end of the day like we are it's all relative first of all right like every even that word is relative to other people but at the end of the day just like with self-care and everything else it isn't necessarily it doesn't really matter what other people are doing 
you know, even, even in life. Like, I mean, I'm not comparing myself to anybody because no one has lived my life and nobody is me. And so how can I really compare myself to anybody else? Right. All I know is what I want and what, well, do I know that? <laughs> All I know is that that's what I'm trying to figure out, um, where I'm trying to and go. And we should figure it out, right? Like it should yeah. be a work in progress that involves mm-hmm. adapting and mm-hmm. changing our minds and changing our visions and moving forward. Just like I saw a woman who won a Latin Grammy who started her musical career at 90 and she is now 95. Wow. I'm like, amazing. right? Like, so amazing. It makes you realize that you should continuously evolve, continuously adapt. And what you want out of life is allowed to change. Yes. And it will change. I mean, I think that we should just normalize that. Like, it's going to change. You know, it's like when you're going through puberty, people aren't like, oh, you're going to stay the same. And I can't, I'm going to shame. Well, some people do shame you for changing, but they shouldn't because it's completely natural. Right. And it's completely natural for you to have different stages and eras throughout life. And to struggle through them. And I mean, that's just constant growth. I mean, the one thing I love, like, I see, like, I I don't even think about it as, again, like, overachieving to me isn't, like, a word that I, um, that I relate to. But, like, I relate to, like, these words that are, like, you know, a lifelong learner, you know, or just, like, (laughs) someone who is always growing, somebody who is always looking for the next thing, is always, like, pushing forward. And so I like that. Um, But what I realize is that if you have no limits, you know, then, then you forget about being like, you're, you're also a human being. <laughs> and so you yeah. have to take that into account. Um, and, and I know that like so many people struggle with putting themselves, um, prioritizing themselves. And I'm going to just say that, you know, I want this for everyone, not because I want you to be like a better worker or be more, more productive <laughs> or to like help other people more. Right but because we deserve it and because we're just human beings who are, you know, entitled to and deserve to have some peace in our hearts and in our minds and to have some joy in life. Hard stop. There's no, there's no like apologies for that. There's no explanation for that. We just all deserve that. Right. We all deserve to have, you know, some love and comfort like whatever your life is looking like whatever life experience you're having right now even if your day is 98 percent ridiculously hard (laughs) you know maybe two percent of that is just you I mean sometimes my my most peaceful time of the day is in the shower I'm just like yes Mm -hmm. I am here in the shower with no distractions without an electronic computer in my hand without anybody talking to me asking me for anything without anyone else in my head where I can just hear myself you know and that says a lot and that that's (laughs) my example but that's my point is that you know what sometimes you have to take the joy wherever you can get it sometimes you take the peace wherever you can get it and maybe you add to it a little bit like maybe that's a very practical step of like well instead of a five minute shower maybe you take a 10 minute shower I don't know like whatever you have to do I mean, I, you know, it's funny, you were talking about the bus. I remember when I lived in Chicago, I used to love riding the train because it gave me this moment to like, read, just read something that I love to read, like something that wasn't a a freaking law book, for God's sake, like something that was something for me. And I didn't read my emails. You know, I just didn't like you can you can fill up your life, especially today, you could fill up every freaking minute 
with work or work-like things, yep. especially with this computer, this handheld computer that we're holding and carrying around and putting under our pillows and like literally we're <laughs> attached to this thing, right? Yep. Oh my gosh. Um, and so I used, I, one time I joked and I said like, um, I feel like I have like a ball and a chain and like I pointed to my laptop, like that's the ball and this, this little phone is my chain. Like, <laughs> because I'm like it's always there and it's just always I'm carrying it around willingly (laughs) I find my phone to also be though or I have made my phone also an avenue for self-care whether it's not I want to spend 10 minutes going through my Instagram feed which is very well curated to remove anything that causes me stress Mm. like it is Mm -hmm. only about things that bring me joy and if somebody I follow posts something that I am like this is way too stressful I will unfollow that thing in a heartbeat because I'm like nope this is all about joy all the time but one way that I have adapted and it took me a long time to get there I used I've always been an avid reader and what I was starting out on my own for my own business, I read so many books that related to how do you become a better business person? How do you grow your business? What do you need to do about marketing? What do you need to do about this? What do I need to know now about politics? Everything, right? And it was just like what I had found pleasure in as a kid reading mm-hmm. became work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And exactly. That's what's happening. <laughs> I read something, and I want to say it was from Adam Grant, the brilliant Wharton Mm. professor, that was like, best way to be the best, your best self, to achieve the most, is to be your best self. And I'm like, huh. Mm -hmm. And then for his his Mm -hmm. point being, engage in the things that bring you pleasure, because that makes you your best self. It's not about knowing the most about, you know, whatever your field is, it's about being the best person so that when you're in your moment, you are totally in that moment. Yes. Yes. And so yes. I started reading for pleasure and I use my phone mm. for it and it is the best thing. It feels so childlike. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. a good rule. What brought you pleasure yes, when you were I a think kid? So. Yep. Was it art? Was it music? Was it reading? Yes. Was it hanging out with go your back. friends? Was it sports? Yes and just whatever it it was go do it Mm -hmm. find a way to incorporate not not even just do it but incorporate it into your I would say daily life but I mean just incorporate it into your life again like just make it a priority to put that in your life because if you have it in your life I mean it becomes like again it's not like oh add this thing to your list that you have to do now now you have to you know moisturize three times a day or (laughs) whatever it is like no like if that's you know I think that's the thing is like people are trying to push their you know joy um or Mm -hmm. or their wellness regimen onto other people when it's a highly personalized thing it's just literally like what your joy is is not mine and what mine is 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 not yours like it's just everyone bring you know uh everyone cultivates joy from from different things and it's like knowing thyself is really still like such a such an important you know um pediment to explore because once you really know you know yourself better than anyone in the world so also don't get it twisted like people will often tell you what to do they will give you all the unsolicited advice as we always talk about and usually it's it's useless you know (laughs) it's completely useless because what they're doing is telling you what works for them what they're doing and they're trying to be helpful so not to be you know harsh on them but but it's it's just not helpful 
but we're so preconditioned to thinking that people who appear to mm -hmm. know more mm -hmm. or people who are older or people who are in more quote-unquote powerful positions have this wisdom that they can impart on us and mm -hmm. there is wisdom out there and I don't think it should be ignored but most of the time the advice is exactly what you said it's what worked for them exactly exactly which you know that is very helpful sometimes it's helpful mm -hmm. and sometimes it does work for you too but at the end of the day I love this exercise so much because we talk about reflecting and we can reflect on things today but going back and thinking about what really did it for you when you were young it's like when you if if you had the opportunity to find pleasure in in your young age like yeah. it becomes like the most pure thing. Um, I don't even know if I should use the word pure, but it's just like, it's a very honest thing where it's, you know, this is, this is, this was just you before ever, the world told you who you should be or before exactly. you started to necessarily conform to like what, you know, image you're trying to build for the world, for them to see about you. It was just you. It was just yeah. you. Hopefully you had that, that opportunity in your youth to just be you just to be a child and just to like authentically explore the world and find joy and so if you can think back on that moment or think back on those times when you were really happy as a kid like what were you doing even if it was you know it could be people that you want to spend more time with I mean I remember doing a little bit of this one day where I looked back and I thought who are my friends <laughs> I really had to think about that because I'm like I have friends I have people I hang out with, but I'm like, who in my life, like, who did I just like, love talking to, you know what I mean? Like, who did I just yeah. like, have the best time with? And it's like, even though I've moved a lot, and I don't have all of my people in one place, obviously, I actually had to take stock about that and, and re uh, it, like reevaluate where I was spending my time in relationships, because I was giving all my time to the people who were like, physically like literally proximity like just in proximity yeah. with me mm -hmm. when I was like actually here are some people who are very important to me that I love deeply and that bring me a lot of joy to talk to and I just started making time for them like I'm gonna talk to them at least once a week on the phone like an hour you know and I oh, I love this and it really it really did change my life actually <laughs> not and when I say change my life I mean it changed my spirit you know, it, it brought me joy, you know, basically. And, and I just thought like, wow, that is so powerful. in the fact that you just take a step back and, and take stock on what actually brings you joy. And then you make space in your life for, for those people or those things. The same thing happened with music before. Um, and, and I think it's an interesting lesson right now in that it's so easy to like lose the progress or not even progress, but like it's so easy for like different parts of your life to consume up the space that you've made for what you oh, might yeah. call self-care or for what you might call your joy. Right. And sometimes you might like get lost a little bit where you think again, Oh, well other people are doing this and that brings them joy. So I just need to do that. <laughs> and then you do it. And then you're like, that did not help. <laughs> that did not work. <laughs> and you might have to learn that lesson, but you know, the old fashioned way of doing it yourself. Um, but whatever brings you joy, uh, if you make time and space for it, I'm, I guess I'm just saying like, you have to be kind of like, what would be the word? Like, like hyper protective of it, I guess. 
Like you really have to fight for it because the world will try to eat it up. The world will try to absorb it into, you know, all the things that you need to do, the tasks that you need to do, the things you need to schedule, the, you know, and the power of no, we haven't even talked about, but the power of no, I think is, is something that will really change things because when we say yes to everything and I know how hard it is. So I'm just, you know, I'm putting it out there. Um, but when you say yes to everything, you know, you have to know that you're saying no to something else. Every time you say yes mm-hmm. to something, you're saying no to something else. And usually that thing is what we're talking about today. <laughs> usually yep. you're saying no to, you know, your yourself, to your joy, to your, you know, what you might think of as like extracurricular activities. Um, I don't know how to do it, but I, I mean, I, I feel like we have to almost like name this thing of like, making it a priority that is unmovable you know we have to find a way to really like prioritize our joy uh because if we don't put it on the same level as the other things that come up in our lives like you know I don't know family obligations work obligations and I'm saying obligations it's just as a shortcut um but you know if we don't prioritize it at the same level as these other things then those other things will always trump They're always going to trump and they're always going to take the space. They're going to eat it all up. This makes me think of, I think like a Harvard business study that I read recently about remote work and the Mm -hmm. conflicting views of some, I want to call them old school employers are like, Mm -hmm. you must be in the office. You must (laughs) attend these individualized social group meetings. You must also socialize (laughs) with these workers after work. And what the employees were telling the, you know, researchers was the things that we don't like is our wasted time and commutes. Mm -hmm. We don't like meetings that mean nothing. And we don't like attending wasteful happy hours or other employee meetings because after hours, because we don't care enough and we don't believe in the notion that we have to be friends with all our coworkers. They are our coworkers. They can be our colleagues, but they do not need to be our best friends. And that conflicting view of what Mm. these old school employers think is what needs to happen. Philosophy. Yeah. Yep. Versus (laughs) people actually want nowadays, Mm -hmm. totally different. And I think we have to apply that to all our jobs too, right? Like the things that occur and people think need to happen for your job to, for you to be successful, may not actually need to occur. And that's a big thing exactly. to realize. And then you have to say no. And we are super yeah. conditioned to be conflict avoidant. We are yeah. so conditioned to be conflict avoidant. We are, we are conditioned to be collaborative, to be societally, um, you know, I mean, just, just almost like, um, the same you know like we homogenous even it's like there's this always this push for there to be no conflict for there to be less friction right there's always that there's always those forces for that so it's it's really fascinating that you're saying this in the workplace because there's obviously a friction there but how we deal with it is difficult because now you're talking about a group dynamic. It's not even a one-on-one situation. Right. And when you talk about it in a group dynamic, um, there's all kinds of hierarchical stuff that goes into there as well. And there's a power struggle as well. Um, But again, if there's something, let's say, for example, the happy hour that you can say, let's say you can say no to it, 
the company might set it up. The company might say, you we'd love be to able see to you there. No and you should be able to say to no to it. That's why I'm using that example. But it's like, they might be like, oh, we'd love to see you there. And you might feel the pressure of like, oh, if I don't show up, then, you know, Becky's going to get that promotion or something. I don't know what people, you know, think. Right. But at the end of the day, I mean, there are pressures, right? There's pressures that yeah. you're going to miss out on something, that you're going to lose opportunities, blah, blah, blah. Like, and at the end of the day, like, that's why I'm saying like, there, it's not easy. It's not easy. There's, not. there aren't easy choices. And so how do we normalize making our joy? Because I, I'm not, I'm like, I'm, I want to get so past self-care. Like I want to prioritize our wellness and our joy, you know, like it's not even yeah. about self-care, like self-care should be a given, like taking care of your body. It, it should be a given. I know it's not, <laughs> but what I'm saying right. is like, mm-hmm. I want to envision, you know, what it should be, which is that we are having joy and full wellness where we are seeing our medical providers, we're having preventative care in the way that we need, we're having holistic care in the way that we need. Um, and we're also like, obviously, like we, we have access to and we're, we're eating well and um, healthily and nutritiously in the way that serves us. And, and even, you know, in, I don't want to say indulgent, because I don't even think it's indulgent, but we're also, you know, eating foods that just bring us joy. Um, And we're just doing things that bring us joy and that it's a regular part of our life. Like that joy and wellness, we all deserve it and we need to find ways to have it and prioritize it. Um, I just wish I could come up with a better word than prioritize because when I say prioritize, I mean, it should be right up there with every other thing that we feel we have to do in life that we feel like is just, you know, like a given, like, well, obviously I'm going to put in you know, this many hours at work, or (laughs) obviously I'm going to like give it my all for this. Um, How do we actually put ourselves and our joy and our wellness on that level? That's the part that I, I, you know, I think the how is a question that we've been exploring throughout this call, throughout this talk. Um, But when we get to the place where we can say, no, that's just what I do on Sundays. Yeah. You know, I can't, I can't, I can't meet on Sunday. That's not going to happen. I don't even say sorry anymore. I just say no. I, no, don't do, do no. not apologize. I don't apologize anymore. No. And when people apologize, I like cringe and go like, you don't have to apologize. <laughs> like, Agreed. that's just your schedule, uh, you know, um, but that, Nor do you have to explain we, your nose. You no, can just say you no. do not have to explain. Just say no. Like, and, and the power of that, I mean, that practice, just get comfortable with that. Next time somebody asks you to, can you do this? Just say no, just to practice. I mean, just... And also, like, <laughs> I think it's, we have such a, we have, society has conditioned itself mm-hmm. to reject no. And I think that yes. is so wrong, right? Like, yes. there's a community problem with us not accepting people's no's. Right. And I like but to why? think that if, yeah, but if what if you we do just, this? <laughs> yeah. I like to think that if we just accept people's noses on their face value, mm. that eventually like it'll snowball and other people start accepting your nose and I at least I hope I'm hopeful that that's what can well, happen. Well, and maybe we need to protect each other too. Like yeah. I mean, I don't I don't mean to co-op this, but like I've said this in different contexts. I know that it comes from, you know, the culture around um uh the the try the the work to improve the culture around sexual assault and and you know no means no being uh, about consent um but i've been using this in other parts of my life actually <laughs> because people question me you know yeah. when i'm like no and i like i said i don't apologize so i'm just like no I'm not gonna do mm-hmm. that and then they'll be like but why this and that and i'm just like no means no <laughs> 
I'm not, I'm not going to do it. So like consent based everything, right? Like yes. you know, consent should not even start and, and, and end at your bodily autonomy, but obviously like consent based everything. Like this is just a yes. huge tenement of healthy relationships throughout yes. everything. And so con- consent based everything. Um, and you, you know, I, I just want everyone to understand that like, you do not have to consent. It's just like your body. You don't have to consent to somebody touching your body. You don't have to consent to somebody touching your calendar. Exactly. You don't have to consent to somebody consuming your mind. You don't have to, you know, you, you can just say no. And I know it's not, you know, I'm simplifying obviously, but it's, it's, it it is very much like a skill set of becoming unapologetic. It really is like, that's such a huge part of the psych psychology behind it. Because if you feel like every time you say no, it's because you have to say no. And that's the only way you're allowed to say no, is if you have to say no. Ugh. That's an issue. That's actually a huge issue. That's that's a little bit of that Marianismo-like situation, again, where you should be humble and submissive. And you should only be saying no if you absolutely have to because of something. And then you're explaining why, you know. You're, by explaining, you're literally telling someone else that, like, the only way I'm allowed to say no is if I have a good excuse, <laughs> right? And whoever decides what the good excuse is, what's good enough, is the other person. Like, you're giving them all of that power. We just have to stop this. We have to stop this. We have to see it for what it is. And we have to understand that, like, we are grown human beings with our own priorities in life, with our own values, that's, I think that's where I'm trying to get to is values. We should value whatever we value the most, but our joy and wellness should be right up there with all the rest of the things that we value in life. I think that's where we need to get and everything should be operating according to those values. And I just don't think it should be below anything else. If anything, it should be on the same level as other things and maybe even above it because you can't do any of that other shit unless you value your joy and wellness. Yep. I mean, I don't think you can be your your best self for you, your best self for your family, your best self for your career, your mm-hmm. best self for the world without it. Yes. Yes. And this is just a reminder. I feel like we've talked about this in different places over and over again. And I think we have to keep talking about it <laughs> over and over yeah. again as a reminder. And I will never tire of this because we can always push farther and we can get to, you know, we can keep pushing towards, you know, just more and more fulfillment, more and more joy, more and more wellness. Like I think that's an ever giving well um, that we can just keep pulling from. And I like to think a lot of us when we were kids, were much better at saying no, mm-hmm. finding joy oh, yeah. and being our true yep. selves. Until society Agreed. effed it all up for us. <laughs> or our families effed it all up for us, right? And, and we then, yeah. as adults, had to fight our way out of all those, like, layers of, I don't know if I want to call them oppression or rules or judgments. But... I think they're traps, honestly. I think they're <laughs> traps. They, I, I really do. I feel like we've been trapped in a lot of these things. I really do. I think that we've been tricked, bamboozled, trapped <laughs> in a lot of these things. Because if you really knew what this was going to do to your mental emotional wellness mm-hmm. or physical wellness oh mm-hmm. man there there are there actually show studies that show that marianismo actually has uh you know physical 
implications of and detriments on the on the physical body. Um, and that's not the only one. There's and that's why you talked about that 80% of social determinants of health. I mean, it's literally because it it changes your physical health outcomes, not to mention your yeah. mental and emotional outcomes, right? And so we have to be mindful of the fact that like if we don't do this, like we're sacrificing ourselves. Like that's oh, yeah. another, I mean, if, if that's the way that you need to look at it, like that is another thing. Obviously, you know, we're talking about how we're all worthy of this. We all deserve this. And if you need to, you, you, you can, you can go to that place too and understand that, you know, not doing it is, is a, not a good decision because it, it will have impacts on your health, your mind, your, your physical and emotional well-being. Like it, it literally has health implications. And so if nothing else, you know, put your health first, period. Absolutely. I read this week that medical, there's a new medical journal article about a study of people who are in true flexible remote work and Mm -hmm. those people, their heart health increased, Mm. like their heart healed itself from all the stress of going to the office and being around what people who are just like you know overbearing or in meetings that were a waste of time or whatever it might be like all the bad things that can occur in a work environment yes true flexible work had actually healed people's hearts that is physically healed their hearts isn't it fascinating but see the power of you know the power of creativity the power of you know understanding in what what really changes our lives like just just a recognition of our humanity is so yeah. powerful and we just we do everything in the world to ignore it to ignore our our, our natural instincts to ignore mm-hmm. who we want to be I seen some random corny saying the other day that was like never quit your daydream and I'm sure I've read that before but it just I just stared at it for a while like hmm what is my daydream like <laughs> do I even make time to daydream anymore oh, you know oh that breaks my heart oh I know it's it is tragic but that's my point is like this you know this mentality is a little tragic right like the yeah. mentality we've been forced to take on is very tragic actually because it's telling us to deny ourselves it, that's at the end of the day that's what it is it's it's denying your individuality ironically <laughs> the individualistic society is telling you deny your individuality just you know get in here and do this work um and and forget about everything else including like literally your physical being which i just find i just find so really fascinating because it's actually counterproductive and it is the same for mental health and it's the same for emotional health if somebody is like literally you know just like broken down by their mental health conditions um they're not going to be productive either which I know is like I said is not the is not the goal but I just think as a society it's fascinating that a society obsessed with productivity also doesn't care (laughs) about like just the literal health and well-being of people it's just so strange to me 
how can you say you're obsessed with productivity <laughs> yes. when you don't allow the cogs to actually function properly, right? Exactly. It's like, it's like your maintenance. Like, yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> like you want a machine that works well, but you don't even want to maintain the pieces of exactly. it. Like that's just silly. It's just so silly. It's just so counterintuitive. It's counterlogical is what it really is, right? And, it and so against, like all the data that says, you know, when you yes. have fully engaged and happy employees you end up being more productive and more profitable I mean hello exactly 100% and so my point is not that we should be doing this for employers or for productivity or for capitalism but that it all aligns actually (laughs) which is even even more sense right where yeah. it's like we have no friction why should we be fighting each other on this we shouldn't we should be working together t- for us all to get to our higher selves that's that's what Absolutely. we should be working towards and when we do like we're all going to be better for it which is great it's like that win-win-win situation right like that's the best case scenario so if you're holding on to anything that's holding you back from seeking your joy and your wellness um, I hope that, you know, you heard something today that that helps you maybe begin to release that even a little bit. And I, I hope everyone finds a way to find that joy that I hope we had in childhood, even if it was just mm. momentarily on one day you found joy. Yes. Go to it and yes. embrace it and recreate it. Because I can tell you that reading for pleasure reminded me of reading with a flashlight under the covers <laughs> because I couldn't put a book down and it that like that joy is so priceless oh, I love that and I love it for all of you I'm so excited for everyone to find that joy thank you Tessa for another beautiful thank conversation you. and y'all stay uplifted <laughs>